The following audio is from the Ridge Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. For more information about Ridge Church, please visit ridgechurch.cc. We hope you enjoy this message from the Ridge. Awesome. Hey, my name is Bobby. I'm one of the pastors here at the Ridge. So glad you're with us today as we start a brand new series called Planting Trees. And the video that you just saw, if you need a Kleenex, it's underneath your uh, seat there uh, somewhere. You can grab one of those and uh, use it if you need to. Every time I see that video, and I've I've seen it a few times before you guys have, it's the first time you all have seen it. Chris Hill uh, did an amazing job with it, uh, shooting video of Ridge Kids and what's taking place right now downstairs beneath your feet right now. What you just saw on the video is what is happening right now. So if you have kids, that's some of what they're experiencing right now. And so here at the Ridge, uh, we we say this all the time, but we want you to know it. We don't want you to ever uh, lose sight of this is that we do not do babysitting here. We don't do babysitting. We don't do child care. We do Jesus, right? And so right now, underneath your feet right now in Rich Kids, your children, my kids, other kids, they're all downstairs right now, and they're learning how to be a reflection of the gospel. Just like you and I are doing the same, they're learning how to be a reflection of the gospel so that those who are far from God will be awakened to life in Christ where they live Hopefully they don't work, but where they live and, and where they play and all, just all the places that they are. And so the reason why we showed you this video is uh, just going to be straight with you is to guilt you into serving down in Ridge Kids. All right? So no, I'm not kidding. So anyway, so here, here's, here's, what, here's what we're doing. The, literally, the reason we want, we wanted you to get just a small taste of that. Maybe you've never been down there. Maybe you've just checked your kids in and, and they've gone downstairs and maybe you've heard a little bit about, hey, what'd you do in church today? And, you know, they told you a little bit of that, but you never actually got to see it with your own eyes. Here in just a few weeks, September the 13th, September the 13th, week after Labor Day here at the Ridge, uh, we will be adding a third service here at the Ridge. And so we were in three services in the spring. We took a break during the summer, and now we're getting back into the fall. Because what happens here, if you've been here at the Ridge any length of time, what happens here after Labor Day is everybody goes, I went to the beach, I went to Dollywood ten times, I went to Splash Country twice, I've gone to the lake, now it's Labor Day, and I just want to be home so I can watch football on Sunday afternoon, right? And so they've all decided, they're all coming back to church, right? They're all coming, all of your friends, all, they're, fine, they're all coming back to church after Labor Day, and so in order to make room and to make space and to give more options. We're adding a third service here at the Ridge. And so those service times are 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. And if you're like, I just got used to the times now, uh, stick around. We'll probably change those again soon too. So uh, we'll, we'll get you all of that information, and we'll continue to, to remind you of that as we get closer to that. It's just coming up in a few weeks. But in order to be able to do that, in order to be able to do that, Again, we don't do babysitting. We teach kids about Jesus. We need volunteers to get involved down in Ridge Kids uh, during one of those three services. And so here's what I want you to do right now uh, while you're listening to me and deciding whether or not you want to tune me out. uh, You have a Connect card in front of you somewhere. Grab that Connect card, and if you're interested, maybe you don't know for sure, you just want to get more information. Even if you're just curious about it, just fill out this Connect card. Go ahead and do it right now. Don't wait till later. You don't need to take it home and pray about it. I prayed about it for you. God said yes. You, you take it. 
You, you take it and, and, and fill it out. God's never going to tell you, no, don't serve. I don't want you to do that. I want you to be lazy. That's, God's never going to tell you that. And so you just take it, fill it out. Down here, he says, I am interested in volunteering. Send me more information about being a volunteer. And then write Ridge Kids down at the bottom. And we will have somebody contact you later this week about that. So you can go ahead and do that. We are in, again, we are starting this brand new series today called Planting Trees. And as Kevin mentioned to you earlier, uh, we're going to be taking the next couple of weeks and just really taking a step back for a moment and getting our hearts and our minds around the generosity of God. To get our hearts and our minds around the generosity of God so that we can set ourselves moving in the direction that that God has laid out for us as a church and as individuals because here's, here's what I know to be true about every single one of us in this room is that if we do not reorder our hearts to consider and take a step back for a moment, to consider God's generosity toward us, we have no hope whatsoever of being generous toward anybody else. We first have to understand God's generosity toward us before we can push to be generous toward anybody else. And so if, if you hear me talk about generosity and you hear the word generosity and you go, great. I showed up to church and we're talking about money. Every time I go to church, we're talking about money. I want you to understand, for number one, don't get nervous. We're not going to be doing a special offering today, okay? So there's no special offering. I'm not going to ask you to take out your wallet and empty it out. Like, we're not doing that. We will take up our regular tithes and offerings later. We'll talk about that later, but we're not doing any kind of special offering. There's not going to be a thermometer up here that says, we're here. We need to get here, right? We're not doing any of that. I don't need a house. I don't need a jet to fly around in. I've got a car that works. I'm happy about that. So we're good there. So we're not, we're not doing that. So don't get nervous about that. This is what I want you to know about generosity. Is generosity, generosity is not what comes out of your hands. It's what comes out of your heart. Generosity is not about what comes out of your hands. It's what comes out of your heart. And here is something else that I know to be true about that. Is that in order for us to properly model generosity toward others, we have to first understand the root of generosity and where it comes from. And so for the next two weeks, I want us to look at the generosity of God and ask ourselves, in light of his generosity toward us, how, how should that inform and shape my generosity toward others? And so... This is about so much more than just money. It's way more radical than that because being generous is not about what you have, but rather it's about what you do with what you have. And that goes further than just money. It goes to our time. It goes to our energy. It goes to our resources. And it even goes to our lives itself. It's not about what we have, it's about what we do with what we have. Because a person can have the appearance of generosity by giving away a lot of money, but in reality, not be generous at all. Because it could just be a tax write-off. I'm going to give away a bunch of money because I'm going to get a tax break here. And so if you're like me at this point in the message, you're like, okay, let's get to something that I can write down. I've already said it once, but I'll say it again because I want you to get, get this and write this down if you're taking notes. Is This is the bottom line for the entire series. Bottom line for the entire ser- series is that generosity is not what comes out of our hands, but what comes out of our hearts. And so we're going to take the next two weeks and really just begin to, to unpack this. Because you and I, listen, you and I are called to model 
generosity. Not Again, not just with our money, but with our time, energy, resources, and lives. Because, listen, because we have experienced the generosity of God ourselves. We've experienced the generosity of God ourselves. And so here's the amazing thing. If you're not a believer here, you've never given your life to Christ, number one, we're so glad that you're here with us today. We're so happy that you're here. I want you to continue coming back and just continue you know, exploring and finding out who Jesus is. But if you're a believer, regardless if you are an unbeliever or a believer, regardless of whether or not you've given your life to Christ or whether you are just exploring who Jesus is right now, all, all of this is true for everyone in the room. Every single one of us in this room right now, we have all experienced in some way God's generosity toward us. Now let me explain what I mean by that. Every single one of us in this room have experienced God's common grace toward all of us. His common graces. These are things that God blesses and gives and generously pours out to every person on the planet. Let me give you a couple examples of that. How many of you woke up Friday morning and went throughout the day Friday and just went, man, what a beautiful day. Anybody, anybody experience that on Friday? You were just like, oh my goodness. Like, did anybody notice that there wasn't 2,000% humidity on Friday? Am I the only one? Right? Like, it, it just, it, it wasn't like a million, it was warm outside, but it wasn't like super humid outside. The same thing was true for yesterday, right? It was just this gorgeously beautiful day yesterday, went throughout the day uh, yesterday, went outside, played outside with my kids, enjoyed that time, and then around one o'clock, I was like, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to get the smoker out. So I went and got the smoker out, went and got some pork, put some pork on the smoker, smoked that thing, right? Got it going a couple of hours later six seven hours later pulled that thing off put some nachos out and some cheese and some jalapenos and some pulled pork and it was good and i didn't need to be saved to enjoy that like anybody can anybody eat anything good this weekend yeah that's a common grace that's something that god generously gives and pours out to everyone you don't have to be saved you don't have to be a a believer to be able to enjoy these things believer or not all that you have been given all of these things all of the things that god is generously pouring out to you to enjoy is given to you hear me is given to us by god given to us by God. In his generosity, he has given us all of these common graces. And so listen to what Paul says about this in Colossians chapter 1. I'll just read it to you. You can follow along on the screen behind me too if you wish. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, Paul says this. It says, for by him, talking about God, for by him all things were created. He could have put a period right there. He puts a comma, there's more. But he could have put a period right there and just been done with it. He says, all things were created by God in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Again, he says, all things were created through him and for him. Through him and for him. All that we've been given by God and for God, it's been given to us. Hear me, hear me. It's been given to us on loan. God's loaned it to us because it was created by him, 
but it's also been created for him. And so the, the enjoyment of the gift doesn't terminate itself on the gift. You understand what I'm saying here? Is that, that we get to a point where we just we say thank you for the gift, but as a believer what should happen is that, that we should also thank the giver of the gift. Does that make sense? You're tracking with that? And so he just pours these things out on all of us and he says, hey, I've created this for you to enjoy. I'm generously giving this out to you, but do me a favor. Remember where it came from. Remember where it came from. I think that's important for us to to reorder our hearts around that because it'll be hard for us to fully enjoy the generosity of God and further enjoy being generous ourselves. If we don't reorder our hearts around this because the last thing that God wants from us is our begrudging submission. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so think about this for a moment. Think about this. It, it is when God generously blesses us with something. And if we look at that, what God has blessed us with, if we look at it and go, well, you know, gee, thanks, I, I, you know, but whatever, I worked for that. It's mine. Like that money, I worked for it. It's mine. I did it. I sweat for it. I put the hours in for it. My back hurts because of it. This is my money, right? I've got a book in my office that my kids love to read. It's called The Minosaur. I'm going to read it to you, okay? I'm not going to read it today, but if you want it, we'll we'll read it. And so here's what happens when, when we do that. When we look at everything as ours, especially if you're a believer, if you look at everything that you have as yours, when God presses in on you and says, I need you to be generous, I need you to give. I need you you to give what's in your pocket sometimes. I need you to give that energy that I blessed you with sometimes. I need you to give the resources that I've given you sometimes. I need you to to be generous with what I'm I'm giving you. When that happens, then what we do, if we look at things, if we've not reordered our hearts to remember that it's by God and for God, what happens is we go, I ain't giving it. It's mine. Mine, 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 right? feel like Daffy Duck up here. Mine, 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 right? You know, it, it, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? All right, so anyway, I got kids. Leave me alone. So like, uh, well, I don't know. If, if I didn't have kids, I'd still watch it. So anyway, we, 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 we just look at it and we say, it's, it, it's, it's mine. And so when we look at it as ours, we'll never be generous. We'll never remember that it's on loan to us by God and for God. And that starts in the heart. That's why generosity is not what comes out of the hands, but what comes out of the heart. The scriptures tell us to be cheerful givers, right? We, we Sometimes here at the Ridge, when we say it's time for our tithes and offerings, some of you clap and you cheer, and others of you look around like, what are these crazy people doing? About They're cheering about giving money away. That's crazy. Well, the reason why, the reason why, is because, again, A, we understand scriptures tell us that God loves a cheerful giver, but it's not about the giving, it's about delighting in how good the Father has been to us. Because it's not what comes out of our hands, it's what comes out of our hearts. And so, for just a moment, in these last few moments that we have together today, I want us to to marvel at for just a moment and think about how good the Father has been to us, how good God has been to us. And so if you have your Bible open, let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. 
you want to follow along, it'll be on the screen behind me. If you need a Bible, you don't own a Bible, uh, we encourage you to go by Ridge Central and grab one out there. We would love to give you one for free. Of course, you can uh, fire up your smartphone or, or whatever that you have in front of you um, as well. Uh, if you're playing Clash of Clans, turn the volume down. Okay, all right, so, um, and then add me later. We'll talk about that. All right, so, uh, John, not during the, if I get an, if I, yeah, never mind, all right. If I get one from you during the service, uh, okay, so. John, what's up? John chapter 3, verse 16. You've all, everybody has heard this verse before. You've all heard this. But here's, here's the danger, is that you're going to hear this, and you're going to go, I heard it. Don't do that today. Don't do that today. Take a moment, step back, take a deep breath, and let, just as we sung before, wave after wave, let it wash over you differently today. Listen to what it says. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. He could have put a period right there and it would have been enough. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, meaning should not die, but have eternal life. Verse 17 and 18 are just as good. For God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. That's important. We'll come back to that. Because he is not believed in the name, the only son of God. And so if you're taking notes, the first way that we see that God has generously or graciously been generous to us is that he sends his son. God sends his son. And I, and I love what, this is Jesus speaking here, by the way. He's speaking about himself. And in verse 17, he says, God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world. And he, at that moment, he could have said, because he could have. And he should have. But he didn't. But he didn't. That would have been a good point for somebody to say amen. But he said, God did not send his word to to condemn, but he didn't, even though he could have. Understand this for a moment. I think we all have to take a step back at this from just a moment to just marvel at this for a second. Is that God's generosity toward, toward us by sending his son Jesus to us was so gracious. Remember this, that he is sending his son to his enemies. That before you became a believer, if you're a believer here this morning, that before you became a believer, the scriptures tell us that we were an enemy of the cross. That Ephesians 1 and 2 says that that we were once far off, that we were alienated from the fold of God, meaning that we were far from him. Yet in his graciousness, in his goodness, in his kindness, in his mercy, in his love, generously sends his son so that he could save you and I. And he doesn't look at any of us and go, hey, you know what? I'd love to save you, but um, man, <laughs> you're jacked up. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I would really love to do something for you, but I can't help you, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't do that, even though, hear me, he could have. He could have. And so God sends his son generously to his enemies. That's amazing. To me, it's amazing. I hope it's amazing to you. To me, it's amazing. You know who Nike has never given money to? Adidas. 
right? Think about it. Nike, Nike has never sat around the table. They've never sat around uh, the boardroom and going, hey, you know what? We got these billions of dollars stacked up in the bank. Who should we just generously give this money to? And somebody goes, hey, I know who. Adidas. That guy got fired. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, not, they're not giving money to their enemies, right? They're competitors. They're not giving money to Adidas. But God, in his generous love, kindness, mercy, generosity, gives Jesus to his enemies. Not to condemn them, but to save them. Number two. Number two. How has the Father been good to us? Through Jesus, willingly laying down his own life. Through Jesus, laying down his own life. Look at this. This, this is amazing to me as well. I just marvel at this. John ten eighteen. Jesus says this. Actually, let's back up. Let's start in 17. Jesus, this is him speaking. He says, for this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Do you hear what Jesus just said? He, he, this is before he goes to the cross. And what he's saying, he is saying, they are not murdering me on the cross because they have the power. I am willingly going to lay it down because I have the authority to take it up again if I need to. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And so we see the generosity of God to us by Jesus willingly laying down his own life for us. Doesn't that sound better? Like, doesn't, does that change uh, the way that maybe you, you look at this for a moment? I mean, think about this for just a second. Think about this for, for, for just a second. God and Jesus, and, I, and again, this isn't in Scripture anywhere. We're just, I'm going to, uh, Bible's over here, so I'm going to step over here away from that. All right, so, so Jesus and God are having this conversation, and he's saying, hey, here's the deal. They need a Savior, and I'm sending you to save them. And Jesus goes, let's go. That's what it takes. I'm in. You see this in the prayer of the garden when Jesus is on his knees praying, sweating blood that he is praying so hard. He's praying to the Father and he prays to the Father. He says, Father, I know what's about to happen. Like I know what's coming in a few hours. I know the beating I'm about to take. I know the crucifixion that's about to happen. I know the pain I'm going to have to endure. And so if there is any other way that we could do this, there is any other way that, that we could do this, could we do that? And in this prayer with God, but he says this at the end. He says, but not my will, but your will. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, if this is what it takes, then I will do it. We just marvel at that sometimes, just to remember that, to take a step back for a moment and just look at the generosity of God to us and that Jesus willingly lays down his own life. Not only does he come and live, I mean, he, he leaves heaven None of us have have been there yet, but we can imagine, we've heard of of how wonderful and how great and how amazing heaven is, and Jesus leaves that to come live amongst us, to take on human flesh, 
to experience the emotions that you and I experience now, to go through the things that you and I go through now, to face the same temptations that you and I struggle with. The temptation did not overcome Jesus, however. But yet he experienced the temptation so that, so that he could save us, which leads us to number three, that we see the generosity of the Father through the giving of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. Um, let me read this to you. First Corinthians chapter 12 it says this, starting in verse 4. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation, in other words, uh, to be shown, uh, to be given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so there are two things going on here, two ways that we see this uh, sort of work itself out, how the Holy Spirit brings gifts and how we see the generosity of these gifts. Um, As a, a really, really, really young child, like as far back as I can remember. I can actually remember uh, some of these instances. But my grandmother, she still tells this story today that when she's introducing me to people and telling people about me, she always tells this story about how as a very young child even that I would talk to anybody and everybody. Like I never met a stranger, even as a three-year-old, when I could begin to put sentences together, I would literally just walk up to complete strangers, introduce myself, shake their hand and talk to them and I've been doing it ever since like like that's the, that has never left me that is something that that God has uh, built me to do that's something that he has put inside of me that's not a spiritual gift per se it's just an ability that I have some of you have that same ability others of you have this insane ability to be in a room full of people but somehow disappear I don't know how you do that but you do it right like, like, you'll be in here, and I'll, I'll call you later this week and be like, hey, man, I missed you. And you're like, man, I was there. I was on the front row, you know? And I, how did you do that? I don't know. God just built me that way, right? And so, like, you have the ability to sneak in and out of places. You're that kind of introvert. I'm not necessarily that kind of introvert. I'm, I'm always, and so my grandmother would always, and she still does, she tells a story about how, um, as a young child, that she would take me to Kmart, all right? Uh, apparently, they still have those things. I don't know. But Oak Ridge is the only place. And so, like, they, they, uh, we would walk around Kmart. I would be sitting in the buggy, and as we would walk down the aisles of Kmart, I would literally talk to every single person in the aisle. And I've been doing it ever since. Now, that's something that God built me to be able to do. That's an ability that's not a spiritual gift. But here's the thing. That would be true of me whether I was a believer or not. The gifts that God has uh, built inside of you would be true of you whether you are a believer or not. Here's the difference. When you become a believer, God takes those abilities and talents and he redeems them for his glory. people up here playing uh, the instruments flawlessly as they play the instruments to be able to sing. They could do those things whether or not they were believers or not. God has just taken those things and he has redeemed them for his glory. And that is something that is something that God has generously done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now not only that, but also through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer, God has given you spiritual gifts. 
Do you know that? God has, God has given you some spiritual gifts. He's given you, he has placed things inside of you that became known, that are fl- beginning to, to flesh themselves out after you became a believer. Things like uh, compassion toward uh, others that, that leads to, uh, leads to uh, receiving the gospel. The ability to be able to, to believe, the faith to believe, hospitality, even uh, gifts of, of leadership, even... Even as we talk about generosity, even to be able to give generously. Those are things that the Holy Spirit empowers. And so maybe you're kind of new to this or you're uh, sort of looking at this and going, I'd love to know what my spiritual gift is. You can go to the Ridge Church blog. That's theridgechurchblog.com. And just in the search bar up there, just type spiritual gifts. And as you do that, you'll get, uh, you'll get some information there. You'll get a link to a place where, that we've put on the website for you to be able to go and take a short little test, take you about five, ten minutes to answer a few questions, and you'll get some information back about the spiritual gifts that God has given you. And so it, it gives you an idea, it's not necessarily concrete, but it gives you an idea that you might be able to take a step back for a moment and look at and go, yeah, I can see that. I, I see how that works. And so if you've not done that yet, we encourage you to go and do that. Because we are image bearers of God, we reflect him to the best of our flawed abilities. So if we have seen the example of generosity in him, we have experienced the gift of generosity through him, then you and I are called to shuffle generosity through us. Because he has been generous to us. Can we argue that point? Can we push back against that? Anybody want to anybody go there? Can we, can, we, can we push back against that? Because he has been generous to us. Then we are called to shuffle his generosity to us through us. Because he came, we give. It's not just money. We give of our time, our energy, our resources, our lives. We spent 11 weeks in the book of Acts talking about how the early church, how the disciples, the apostles, these early believers, martyrs, how they literally gave their lives for the gospel so that those who are far from God would be awakened to life in Christ. We are sitting in this room in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, because people inside of this little seven-mile radius city saw a resurrected Jesus, and they gave their lives to make sure that that message got out. And we marvel at that. When you and I realize that we were helpless and that Jesus helped us in our helplessness, then we will be led to do the same for others through generosity. Because the generosity of God leads us to generosity towards others. As we, um, as we look at this over the next two weeks... Um, well, here, let, let me say it like this. I think this will make sense. Is that as a young child, even into middle school and high school, as, as I've played sports, as I've coached sports, if you've pl- ever played any kind of sport, you, you know how this works. If your children have ever played any kind of sport, you know how this works. The best coaching always happens when somebody takes the players and they get them around, they sit them down, and they say, okay, here's how we're going to do this. 
Here's how you run this play. Here's how you, here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. We're going to walk through it slow motion. We're going to show everybody what their role is. We're going to show everybody what their part is. And so that when we get to the game, when we get to the game and it's time for you to do it, you'll know what you're supposed to do, right? It always works best that way. You, you know what does not work? is when you get a bunch of football players out on a football field who have never practiced, and you say, okay, everybody run a double reverse. Ready, break. And everybody goes, what, huh? What, what, what are we supposed to do? And it's not going to go well, right? It's not going to go well. But if you practice, if you practice, it can go a lot better. So here's, here's what I, I love that we get to do in this series. Here's what I love that we get to do. Not this week, next week. I told you we're not taking up an offering today. We're going to take up one next week, all right? And here's, and here's why I teased it last week. Now, here, don't, like, I was like, oh, there it is. I knew we can, there we go. All right, listen, listen, listen. Hey, I've been, I've been there before. I know, I know what you're thinking, but listen, listen. This is going to be so cool. Like, you're going to want to be a part of this. And I'm going to tell you how easy it is for you to be a part of this. In fact, let me, let me just, let me do this. Paul says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Get, get there real quick. He says this. He says, as for the rich in this present age. Let me just stop right there. Let me just explain something. He says, as for the rich in this present age. Listen, I know that some of you walked in here and you don't, you, you feel like, like you're broke as a joke. Like you're going to go to KFC later and lick other people's fingers. You're so broke. Like you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you. <laughs> You were college broke once, and now you're broker than college broke, right? And so, like, you're just broke, broke, right? And so when, I, when you hear the word rich, like, that doesn't even phase you. But listen, listen to me. If you spend $1.50 today, $1.50, you've just spent more than most of the rest of the world lives on. Lives on. We are rich. We are rich. We're just really bad at acting rich. But listen, he says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. In other words, he's saying, don't put your trust in the riches. Put it on God, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Didn't we just unpack that for 20 minutes? They are to do good. To be rich in good works, to be, here's the word, generous and ready to share. And so what Paul is saying here is he's saying, hey, practice being generous. And so here's what we're going to do next week, not today, next week. We're going to practice being generous, and here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to ask you, I teased this out to you last week, but I'm going to ask you next week to join the Dollar Club. The Dollar Club. It's as cheesy as it sounds, okay? Listen, the dollar club. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Next week, during our time of giving, I'm going to ask you to give one extra dollar. 
Just one extra dollar. We'll have little envelopes that say dollar club. You can put that dollar in there. You can make it a hundred pennies. You can make it, you know, nickels and dimes. I don't care. You got that in your couch, I promise, right? Clean out your, you know, your thing in your car and get a dollar. Like, give a dollar to your kids. We're going to have your kids do this in Ridge, Ridge Kids too. Explain to, you, you explain that to them. They're going to explain it to them down there as well. But we're going to ask everybody to give one extra dollar. Now, maybe you don't carry cash. You'll be able to go online and do it online there too. We'll explain all of this next week in detail on exactly how you can do this. But we're asking everyone here to give one extra dollar. Now, here's the thing. Here's, here's why this makes this so cool. None of this money is going to Ridge Church. Not a penny of it. We're not taking a cut. We're not taking 10%. We're not taking a percent. None of it is coming to us. It's actually going to come to us and through us, and we're going to turn right back around, and we're going to meet a need in our community with it. We're going to meet a need in our community with us. We're going to practice being generous because God has been so richly generous to us. Now, if you want to give more than a dollar, we'll take it. But if listen, you don't have to. One dollar. One dollar. All right, but here, do me a favor. Don't bust change in the offering plate as it comes by. Like, that's just wrong. Don't do that. But like, so, you know, whatever. You know, get change before you get here, right? Some of y'all thought that. You're like, I only carry 10s, man. Tough. You just put the 10. All right, so listen. <laughs> listen. Listen. Hey, listen, all of us, we can all, we can, we can all give a dollar. We can all give a dollar, right? I'm not going to guilt you into that. I'm just going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you to be generous to practice being generous. And then, after next week, after we take that up next week, a few two weeks after that, we're going to show you how your generosity has impacted someone else and met a need in this community. And it's going to be really, really amazing. I promise you. I promise you. And then you'll be able to look at that and say, I was able to have a part of that. I was able to be generous in that. And then, every month here on out, Every month here on out, once a month, we're going to do the dollar club. And we're going to take it, and we're going to turn right back around. We're never, hear me when I say this, you can look at our books to see for yourself. We will never keep a penny of this. In fact, we'll probably even try to match it and give even more to it as a church together. And we're going to turn around and meet a need in our community every single month, just like that. Above and beyond the, the normal needs that we're always meeting here in the community. And so you have the option and the the uh option to be able to do that next week. And so we'll give you more information about that. So as we close today, as we come around the table, each week we take communion here at the Ridge. If today is your first day here at the Ridge, we would invite you to to come and take communion with us. This is not a Ridge Church thing. This is a a believer thing. And so if you're a believer here this morning, you've given your life to Jesus, we would invite you to come to the table and and partake in communion with us as we uh, take just a moment to, to ponder the generosity of God toward us. And so here's what we're going to do. Before we come to the table this morning, two things, two things. Number one, As we pray, I want you to consider how generous God has been to you, how good he has been to you, how gracious he has been to you. We've unpacked sort of the the big picture that he has sent his son, that Jesus willingly laid down his life, that he has given us gifts. We sort of looked at the big picture, but why don't you get specific for a moment and thank him for those generous gifts that he has given you. And I know some of you rolled up in here this morning, and it's been a rough week. It's been a rough year. 
And it might take you just a little bit longer to consider how good God has been to you. But you're here. You're here. That's God saying to you, hey, not done yet. Not done yet. Hold on, I'm not done yet. So if anything else, believer or unbeliever, you can thank him for that. So as you do that, I'm going to give you just a few moments to consider those things, to just, as you pray, to just thank God for those things before we come to the table this morning. But also as you do that, that you take a few moments to just lay out and confess your sins before the Lord, lay them at the foot of the cross, come to the table clean this morning. If you're not a believer, before you come and take communion this morning, just ask that maybe today is the day you give your life to Christ, to roll it up back to him. Because remember, even our lives came from him and they're for him. What better way to thank him for that by giving it back to him? Would you pray with me? Father, God, we thank you so much for how you have graciously and generously poured yourself out for us. God, you have blessed us. You have given us. God, you have done for us more than than we could possibly even uh, take time to thank you for. But Father, in these these next few moments, God, as you search our hearts, as you search our minds, God, as we confess to you, these are the things that we are thankful for. lay our sins at the foot of the cross. God, cleanse our hearts. Give us clean hands. Pour yourself out continually in us, but God, do not let it stop there. We want it to go through us. Father, we love you.